0: You're all set, your camera is good, my camera is good. Okay, let's go. Welcome to Blockchain Bandwagon Podcast, where we explore the depths of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and technology shaping our future. I'm Chek Shakuri, a technical expert and founder of Together MDM, a blockchain solution provider for master data management. I'm here with my co-host Brian. We spend a lot of time researching and studying various aspects of the provider for master data management. I'm here with my co-host Brian. We spend a lot of time researching and studying various aspects of blockchain technology and actually using it to build the products. I am passionate about shapes of blockchain technology and actually using it to build the products. I am passionate about sharing my understanding and ideas with the community and helping drive innovation in this space. Now, let me hand it over to my co host, Brian, who will introduce himself and give us a sneak peek at today's exciting discussion. Hey,
1: exciting is right. Thanks, Chuck. Hey, I'm Brian Engel. I'm with uh, Blockchain, is just a a passion of mine. I I love the technology. I work for a company called Stability uh, Technology Partners. We uh, place senior level executives. Blockchain is just a a passion of mine. I I love the technology. I work for a company called Stability. Uh, technology partners, we uh, place senior level executives and uh, developers, uh, IT staffing company per se. Um, I guess today, I know Chuck, uh, we're exploring blockchain interoperability, um, its importance and how it works. Um, uh, I think that is right. And uh, you know, hey, before we dive in, let's, uh, hey, everybody remember to subscribe to our podcast We're on call-in, but it's also syndicated through uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple. I actually just looked it up the other day, and we're right there on Apple, which is kind of cool. So, um, awesome. We're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. So, uh, Chuck, let's get to it.
0: Thank you, Brian. Uh, In today's episode, we'll focus on the topic of blockchain interoperability, uh, discussing uh, different frameworks, different technology. Uh, Discussing uh, different frameworks, different technical methods and approaches to achieve seamless communication between various blockchain networks and technical methods and approaches to achieve seamless communication between various blockchain networks and external systems. Uh, Blockchain interoperability is an essential element in the future of this technology, as it addresses the limitations of the current landscape. Uh, including scalability, network congestion, and high transaction costs. Our agenda today is to discuss the importance of interoperability and delve into various uh, ways of looking at a blockchain interoperability. Blockchain interop delve into various uh, ways of looking at a blockchain interoperability. Blockchain interoperability is a complex uh, technical uh, area, uh, so we we going to s- talk about what interoperability actually means in the context of blockchain? Uh, what are the different types of interoperability that are out there, and what are the different ways to understand interoperability? Because interoperability is a complex uh, subject, and there's a bunch bunch of ways to look at it.
1: Uh, so let's start with the definition, Brian. The definite, I mean, definition is pretty simple. I mean, there's there's a uh there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you get pretty technical or you go in depth, but it's basically computers talking to each other, right? It's a, I mean, I guess if you want the Webster dictionary version of it, it's a capacity of computer systems to communicate with each other and deliver some functionality, users, computers talk to each other all the time. But for blockchains, it's quite challenging and a complex task. It's, that's that's where you come in, Chuck, you're the technical and deliver some functionality. Users, computers talk to each other all the time, but for blockchains, it's quite challenging and a complex task. It's, that's, that's where you come in, Chuck. You're the technical guy. I'm just the I'm just the guy that says gets things done. <laughs> 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 no, it,
0: it, so, so so the the real challenge, I think, Brian, is the reason it becomes more technical is because you know com- computers have been communicating with each other for a long time. It's always easy for two computers to communicate with each other. However, it's quite challenging to make, or it's quite challenging to make a, a take a group of computers that are communicating with each other and performing some function, and then there is another group of fun- computers that are doing another function, and they all have different individual computers on this group, and there is individual computers on this group, and making this group talk to this group in a consistent, secure, and orderly fashion, that's where the most of the challenge is, right, and As you know, it is crucial for uh, the growth of blockchain because as long as this group of computers or this blockchain doesn't talk to this other group, it's very difficult for all these different blockchains and blockchain systems that people are developing to do anything useful if they can't talk to each other. Right? And if there are accessibility, like if you want to scale this, They need to talk to each other. If you want more innovation, they need to talk to Jay. If you want liquidity, if I bought Bitcoin and I want to be able to sell it ether, or if I just sold Bitcoins, then I'm on the Bitcoin network, but if I want to sell it on Ether, so there is a liquidity. Uh, If you want liquidity, if I bought Bitcoin and I want to be able to sell it ether, or if I just sold Bitcoins, then I'm on the Bitcoin network, but if I want to sell it on Ether, so there is a liquidity challenge. So that is the need for this group of computers. When I say group of computers, it's a blockchain. It's a network that is working uh, a certain way to manage a ledger. Right. And then there's another group of there. And then there are existing systems out there that this that this blockchain need to talk. Yeah. Right. Or
1: to be shown, you know, like, like we've talked to over the uh, basically a theme through our entire episodes and for this to really be for you know quote common common person on the street or you know hey big company to to really dive in and and go all in on it uh, and, and see this as the future is that all these all these areas have to talk to each other. You have to put your current systems be able to talk to the blockchain. A blockchain you have to be able to talk to another blockchain. So I think this is this is one of the most critical issues for adoption on a widespread scale. You're absolutely right,
0: and then so, Brian, we're going to look at it from like three or four different perspectives, right? Because this subject a, such such a complex thing, and the reasons is what are the different in types of interoperability. When we say interoperability, we have to say what is the types. So one is integration means we're taking our blockchain and integ- so one is integration means. We're taking our blockchain and integrating with our existing order management system or invoice system or HR system. And we have a blockchain solution. It can be in isolating with our existing order management system or invoice system or HR system. And we have a blockchain solution. It can be in isolation if it doesn't talk to the rest of our other systems, right? So we need that. That's called an integration type of interoperability. Then there is one where. A blockchain is a ledger of transactions, right. right? So sometimes I want to initiate a transaction here on this blockchain. And then maybe this other blockchain needs to change. And then maybe this other blockchain needs to approve it. You know, because there's a different functionality there. So that is an in- initiate. You initiate in one and you approve in another mm-hmm. blockchain. And then there is interchange. Blockchain. It's like there is one type of blockchain. One group of systems communicate a certain way. They communicate Ethereum. Another another system communicates Bitcoin, right? It says a different protocol, uh, a bit, bit bit different tokens, different type of tokens, and this guy has a different type of tokens. How do you make them communicate, right? Uh, what was that brand? So there was a word for it. Interchange. Yes. Inter- yep. Interchange. Interoperable. Right. And then there is another one called, let's say, one Ethereum network, which is a one private Ethereum network talks to one so another private Ethereum network. The technologies are similar, uh, uh, the tokens are similar, so then that's called an intra-chain interoperability, right? It's a little less technical complex than an inter- inter-chain, uh, the tokens are similar, so then that's called an intra-chain interoperability, right? It's a little less technical complex than an inter interchange, uh solution, yep. right? And then this the last one is interesting is because somebody is on Ethereum. Now they want to shift all their accounts, all their assets and go to move to Bitcoin. They won't do anymore. That's called an interchange interoperability, right? How do you go from one network to other? So these are the different ways to look at interoperability. There are the different types. And I think when we talk about interoperability in detail, we will be touching different aspects and different types of interoperability and different techniques work for different types. So one of the first things that comes to my mind is, uh, okay, when they're communicating, what are they communicating? What are they exchanging? Right? So what is the data types that communicate? What is the data that is moving? from one blockchain, one computer to the other, one blockchain to the other. There are basically two types. One is a digital exchange, which is basically digital asset exchange, which is basically currencies or something that has value, amounts, tokens, assets, because these are slightly different from any data exchange. Because if I have $10 here, I want the same $10 on the other one. I can't have a different $10, right? right? so the asset of the money moving money is very different that's called a digital asset if i have ownership of a, a painting or an nft on this one i can't have another type of it's the same object same note. so the ownership also needs to transfer so that's a digital asset in mm-hmm. stage then there are general data exchanges right i have a, a shipping order here that needs to go there it can have it can be two copies it doesn't matter but this is the current shipping order so moving a shipping order uh, moving uh, something right right uh, that is also called data exchange so what is the difference between digital asset exchange and what is the difference what is the fundamental difference between these two types of exchange right digital asset exchange refers to the transfer of digital assets or tokens between different blockchains, uh, between a blockchain and a non-blockchain. The primary this primary involves the movement of cryptocurrencies and other tokenized assets, such as NFTs across. On the other hand, arbitrary data exchange is the transfer of any type of data, not just digital, but between blockchains or between a blockchain and a non-blockchain system. I mean, this can include information such as transaction metadata, smart contract data, or even supply chain information. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are the technical challenges between these two, right? How is it they're different? Uh, the typical fa- challenges faced by a digital asset exchange related to ensuring secure transfer of value across networks and maintaining asset integrity. So if it's $10 after transfer, it still has to be $10. And you want, during the transfer, I can't be spending $5 here and then the same $5 on another one. So this requires a robust mechanisms for locking and unlocking assets so if i before i move for ten dollars i have a, some mechanism to lock this so that nobody else can spend it and then i move it to another where i can spend it so this locking mechanism becomes a critical uh in a digital exchange. on the other hand uh arbitrary data exchange deals with the complex of different types of formats right when a token is always a standard token it's a number it has a certain uh, standard around it, like ERC-20 for Ethereum tokens, right? But when you move arbitrary data, you can be spending like f- new videos, movies, PDF files, and then you want to, when you're moving a file from, or a data from there, it needs to have the proper privacy. So who can see, who cannot see, ownership rights. And also there's no corruption in the data. If a PDF files moves, it shouldn't get corrupted. So those kind of challenges, technical challenges, we have to make. Now, we we just talked about differences, right? What is common between any type of data exchange, right? They're all similar because both both are types of data exchange and they often involve similar concepts like cross-chain communication. We'll get into this in detail. Atomic swaps and multi-signature, right? And there are protocols like company that makes inter-blockchain communication protocol, IBC protocol. So that pretty much defines how data needs to move from one blockchain to another and then arbitrary data exchange as they ensure success secure and trustless communication between different networks. So one other interesting question that comes up is okay how moving currency or digital assets from one network to other will affect the market itself, like how the crypto market gets affected, right? When digital asset is achieved through decentralized products and mechanisms, it allows direct peer-to-peer trading assets, like it it helps me trade Bitcoin with Ethereum, Ethereum with Solana, or different tokens that are out there we should be able to do that right that is one of the this is because it allows for direct peer to peer trading of assets across networks without relying on a centralized exchange so let's say if i want to change bitcoin in the early days if you want to change bitcoin to ethereum you first had to go and change it as a dollar and then change it back a dollar back to bitcoin those exchanges but now with inter uh, blockchain communication you can directly do that without having any uh third party
1: yeah well they came up with a. Uh, don't know if you if, if you saw that but uh, uh, hey, a couple years ago they came up with wrapped bitcoin right so you can you can yes. use it on you know ethereum you could it's a one for one swap and uh, you just basically are staking your money it just says hey i have this here i can use DeFi system because almost all the DeFi um apps are on ethereum network and so instead of trading yes. in your Bitcoin for Ethereum, which you certainly could do. It's just, it's a lot easier. You can keep your current assets in Bitcoin and just use wrapped uh, Bitcoin and uh, gain access to those uh, those projects. No, I'm so glad
0: you brought that up because wrapped uh, is one of the technical mechanisms called relay, Yep. right? So they relay the value and wrapped is an intermediary that relays. It takes the Bitcoin and the beauty of that is like you said, Wrapped is pegged to the Bitcoin. So it's because you